Welcome to the Money and Meaning Show. I'm your host, Kanae Corner, National Certified Counselor and the world's number one clinical hypnotherapist specializing in stress management for healthcare professionals who want to turn a life of stress into a life of meaning and help their patients do the same. Tune in each week. I'll show you how to respond to yourself first. So are you ready to let go of your stress? Well, let's get into today's show. I'm your host, Kenae Porter, National Certified Counselor and the world's number one clinical hypnotherapist specializing in financial therapy and stress management. Today, I want to talk to you about the unknown and what you're doing during this time of the COVID crisis. Because at the time of this recording, the COVID crisis is really at the beginning stages. And I know there's a lot of unknown and there's a lot of downtime even that you may have time to plan. And I have a guest that I want to introduce you to that will help us go deeper and have a meaningful conversation about what's happening right now. But also he's going to tell you about meaning in life for him. Now, Mike Romanik is the CEO of Rent-A-Nerd. He started providing computer services over 20 years ago, and it grew to what's now Rent-A-Nerd. Mike says, although every client I work with is special, I've learned their needs aren't unique. They want a friendly, professional team that gets the job done. The nerds at Rent-A-Nerd are incredible. If Mike isn't a specialist with a certain technology or program, chances are one of the other nerds on his team will have that specialty. And if they don't, if nobody does, then they will go out and find someone that fits their standards. Mike is married, has two wonderful daughters, and a thirst for finding meaning in life. He and I connect on something that you guys might think we're weird on or rude. I've been once told that, but I think you'll find that in this time of crisis, we were right. (laughs) He is going to help us add to our search for meaning over money conversation as we talk to him about what's not on his resume. So please join me in welcoming our guest today, Mike Romanik. Hey, Mike. Hey, good morning. How are you? I am great. How are you? I am doing fantastic today. So I don't know if you guys have noticed since Mike has only said a few words, but Mike is from Vancouver, Canada, and his experience in COVID-19 is a little bit different than our experience here in the U.S. So we're going to talk a little bit about that. And we're also going to talk about some business strategies and rules that he's put in place that has made him pretty successful. So before we get started on that, though, Mike, I'd like to ask you. What is your idea of prosperity? Oh, that's a that's a great question this morning. For me, it's to to find your passion, to find things that are important to you personally and to have the resources and the ability to do them. Whether that be personal improvement like fitness or family or community or I, I would hope maybe with a lot of people it's 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 all of those. Hmm. Yeah. I get that. The question is different. Everybody has their own idea of prosperity, but it just so happens that I was having a conversation earlier this morning with somebody and we were talking about just that, that you really have to have enough resources to help you to continue to follow your dreams. 
like you really can't follow your passion and purpose <laughs> unless you have enough resources. Otherwise, you got to go get a job. Like, That's, sure, you got a dream, but you got bills too. So <laughs> that is absolutely true. You definitely have to have the means to to get to where you want to go and to be doing what you would like to do. I absolutely agree. Yeah. So I'm glad you brought that up as your idea of prosperity, because it does. It feels really good when you can follow your dream, when you can live in your purpose and your passion and you have the resources where you're not stressed. And yeah, and you can really live out that idea of prosperity. Absolutely. I know something about you and fun and hard work and honesty and caring are like ways you want to show up in the world are things that you want to be known for. How does that play out in your business and in your personal life? Do you see yourself being the same in business and personal, like that fun, caring, you know, honest guy at work and also at home? Or do you find yourself being like two different people because being a CEO, sometimes you can't have fun. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I think as a CEO, I I still manage to get a lot of fun in there. I I think that's really important on all aspects of your life. I I was at a a business conference uh, last year, and I I don't remember who said it, but there was someone speaking, and he said, if you aren't having fun, why are you doing it? And, uh, and, you know, there's hard times, don't get me wrong, and there's times that you have to go through tough tough spots and and do things as a CEO that aren't going to be fun, but you can still bring a ton of fun into the workplace. I'm, I'm really, really blessed with a great group of of employees and and my business partner who are just they're fun people we make a lot of jokes we have a lot of fun it's one of the ways as a team we bond but also one of the ways as a team we de-stress and and we handle some of the negative stuff by laughing and having a good time yeah i went to a conference years ago and it just so happens there was like a math conference or something like that at the same hotel. And I ended up mingling with the math nerds and we had so much fun and we laughed so hard. Like, uh, it was just, I was just like at the end, like nerds have a lot of fun. Like, (laughs) so (laughs) I can believe you that, that, and, and the reason why is because the wit and the humor is so clever that it's just so much fun. Absolutely. I was really, it was quite funny. Our, we have a people and culture department, so we don't have an HR department. It's, it's people mm. and culture because it's, it's meant for recruiting and retention more than anything else, more than discipline or, or anything people associate with kind of stereotypical HR. And I sat through our new employee induction because they overhauled it. And I was pretty amused. They were talking about our culture and our fun. We have a big meme culture internally. And they were saying that sometimes you may ask a, a question from a supervisor or a coworker and be ready. All you may get is a meme back as your answer. And that is your answer. <laughs> you have to obey the meme. That is so funny. I love that. That is so cool. And and can I just say that I am totally stealing that? Like we are totally putting that <laughs> in our culture because here at Presidential Lifestyle, we have a different kind of culture too. Now we teach this culture to CEOs and help them manage the stress in, in their business and their company. And then we help them have that culture trickle down because we believe that tr- culture doesn't trickle up, it trickles down. And so it it sounds like 
you are like the poster child for what we preach. And that is, that's who you are as a person. And it sort of trickled down into the company. So now people know what to expect, but they kind of do it too. And maybe they don't communicate that way outside of work, but when they're at work, this is the culture and this is how they communicate and they know the lay of the land. Absolutely. It, it, it's such an important part of, of at least our culture, the humor and the, the happiness, because first of all, it's a stressful job. Being a CEO is stressful, but in IT, you're seldom getting called and just told, hey, you're doing a great job. That's all I really wanted to say. Usually mm. it's a problem or a complaint. It's usually very urgent. Usually someone's upset by something. So bringing some of that to our customers as well and trying to relax them and, and make them happy while we're doing what we have to do in what could be a really frustrating situation from them just works amazing. And it also helps to take down some sometimes IT people were, were known to be a little socially awkward or standoffish or, or, or know it all. And it really helps to break some of that down with people as long as you have the right people. Yeah, just make them more interactive. <laughs> yeah, that is so that's so important. And I'm so glad you said that. And that's true that IT does have sort of reputation for maybe even being a little crass because a lot of the IT people are so smart and they do kind of know it all in that area that they they can be condescending at times, but they I don't think they know that they're being condescending. They're just like, duh. <laughs> so, <Yep. laughs> so it's good that you have a culture where like, let's just bring light to this. Let's have some fun. Because when I got to Morgan Stanley, I was a financial advisor at Morgan Stanley for many years. And when I first got there, they had created this new software. And this software was a financial planning software. I'm a financial planning specialist and I love financial planning, but I didn't know this software. So I would call the help desk like every freaking day. Like they knew my employee number by heart. <laughs> They're like, oh yeah, you, 537, whatever, whatever. Right? So, <laughs> So one part of this, I, I called and it was a new part of the system. There was, a, I think, an update or whatever. And the guy says to me, first of all, I could not believe he sighed. He was like, and he was like, is this the first time you're using this? And I said, well, yeah, actually it is. And he's like, okay, here's what you need to do. <laughs> but you can tell he was so so over me. He was so exasperated with me. And I was just like, hold on, like, wait. And I had to bring it to him. I was like, look, I enjoy this software. I am trying to get to know it. Eventually, I'm not going to be able, I'm not going to call you. Hopefully you still have a job because I won't need you anymore. So, <laughs> so that's the way. And then we got on good footing and he was like, okay, okay. I understand. Sorry about that. You know, and we kind of smoothed it out, but because I didn't get my feelings hurt by his exasperation with me, <laughs> we were able to move past it, but that doesn't always happen. So I'm so happy to know that your company is a company that brings more light and, and just as a culture, but I'm, I'm imagining that's how you approach your clients as well. Absolutely. We're an on-site IT services company. So the vast majority of the work we do are is daily in front of our customers, in their offices, in their workplaces or their industrial sites. So we absolutely have to be part of that social fabric or it, it just doesn't work. Yeah. And I'm very familiar with that. My uncle does similar work and uh, and he has for many, many years like you. So I'm very familiar with that way of life. Like you have your own company, 
but you work inside their company, which you really have two cultures then that you have to deal with. Absolutely. Yeah. And it is meshing that in. Some companies are a bit more formal and, and, and maybe don't have the same sense of humor we do. But we try to bring a little bit in still and, and mm-hmm. you know, meld the cultures, try to take the best of both. Yeah. Yeah. That's so good. I see that as a huge challenge, but I also see how if you do it properly, that it can really bring increase the fun that we just talked about in your business where you're like, okay, I'm going to win in Rome, do as the Romans do. However, I'm going to, I'm not going to assimilate so much that I can't be myself. I'm going to bring a little bit of Renner to this culture as well. So they can see that, okay, you can sometimes leave Rome as well. Absolutely. That was a great point. Yeah, it is. I have a couple of things that my brain is going in two different directions. So one, I would like to go a little bit deeper in culture and talk about the fun and how stress makes the fun go out the window, your words. <laughs> so, <laughs> But at the same time, I also want to talk a little bit about what's happening right now, like what's happening in this COVID-19 crisis. So I'm going to first go to the fun and how fun goes out the window, because I I think, and sometimes I'm really good at this, I think if we go there first, it'll tie into the other topic. So we'll we'll see what happens. (laughs) Um, So talk to me about how this culture, this meme culture changes when you guys are under stress and how that can go out the window and what that looks like when you get grumpy. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Well, I think the first sign is the the tone of my memes personally might somewhat change from humorous and slapstick to perhaps a, a little less humorous in there, maybe a little bit more uh, negative. One of our big things, IT people, I, I'm sure other industries are like this. I, I bet you engineers and, and other science-based industries are, are very much like this. We tend to collect a lot of uh, very driven type A personality people. And with IT support especially, it's so easy to get lost in the job. There's always a to-do list. There's always people asking for help. You can dedicate your life to working nonstop and never get through it. And a lot of IT people, that's probably the reason there's a lot of grumpy ones out there. They've spent years working too hard, too long, and and not taking the breaks and the relaxation or having the fun that they they should have. So one of the things we had to implement or we ended up implementing our this was actually a staff suggestion maybe seven years ago, is we work a average 35 hour work week over a year. That means you can work 30 hours this week, you can work 25 hours this week. Next week you're you're welcome to work 40 hours. But really, a lot of our rules in our business are things to limit you down, to slow you down. When you have the right people and you have really driven people on your team, you at least with, with my group, I, there's a risk of burning them out and then the fun goes away. I actually have a couple of rules. One is the 35-hour average work week. The other is over a four-week cycle. You can't work more than 40 hours on average without a special exception. It has to be something very unusual that's happened. And it's funny, I would say on the ratio of 10 to 1, we are going after people and going after having discussions with people and saying, you're not doing it right because they're overworking, not because they underwork. And that's really shows in our industry, I think, what that that 
personality is like. So bringing the fun in, trying to keep the fun in by not letting people overwork, get burnt out, get stressed and get grumpy is super important. And these rules apply to everyone in the company. So if my business partner or if I want to exceed the, the number of hours we're allowed to work, we have to get permission just like any other employee has to. We have to set up stress and work mitigation plan and, and everything else. So oh, super important. That is, that is. And, and all our listeners know that right now my heart is so warm because at Presidential Lifestyle, we have a similar situation and 30 hours is our number. Now you can work more if you want to, and we're not as vigilant. It sounds like you guys have it down. And so I think we'll become more vigilant at it, but I am constantly reminding, and we have a smaller team that I'm constantly reminding people like, Hey, looks like you did double work there. Let me tell you how you could be more efficient. Hey, 30 hours a week is our minimum, our maximum. You are borderlining into 45. What's happening? Tell me, tell me what's going on. Because I know as a therapist that hard work is sometimes a control mechanism, is a defense mechanism. And if I think I'm going to get in trouble, I might just overwork to get out of trouble. Right. And mm. so there's something going on. And because I'm a therapist, my team gets therapy <laughs> without <laughs> even paying for it. <laughs> but I want to know what's going on. Why are you overworking? What What is it? What is the story that you're telling yourself as to what this hard work, you know, I'm doing air quotes right now. This hard work is going to get you because will it though? Like, will it? Is, is that working for you? Because I know plenty of hardworking people that are broke and they have a bunch of problems. And so working hard is not going to solve your problems. Let's figure out what will though. So it sounds like how vigilant you guys are over making sure that your employees put the work in perspective so that that fun does still come up in their lives and in their, in their personal lives, but also in the work that they do at the office, because yeah, you do not want an office full of grumpy people. <laughs> Absolutely not. And it's really, I, I've noticed that people tend to, you know, to back what you just said there, I've noticed people tend to use work to hide potentially from problems they don't want to deal with outside of work. There, there's the odd time I think that can be really helpful. Uh, years ago, we had an employee who had some personal items some personal issues going on that were kind of in the mental health realm. And this person had a discussion because he was overworking and we had the discussion and he explained I'm, I'm on the wait list to get some help with this stuff and for the short term for the next month or so it'd be really helpful if I could just kind of hide in work until I can get the proper help I need to overcome this and we supported them in that it was kind of unusual one I'm like I, I don't know if I totally agree but I guess if that buys you the time you need in a, a less destructive way to to get to the help you need that's okay but I think that's really the the rare exception the vast yeah. majority of the time people maybe use work as is a what I would consider an unhealthy crutch or an escape yeah. when they should be hitting what's really important Oh yeah, totally. Absolutely. And let me just commend you on how you handled that one, just by having the awareness, you notice something was happening and not that other CEOs don't, they might notice, but they're like, okay, well, I'm going to ignore that because we got other stuff we need to worry about. So I do want to commend you on really having your employees back and like looking at the deeper, what is going on here, especially if it was different behavior than he had had in be before. So that's awesome that you guys look that deep into each 
individual employee because that is not happening a lot in companies and CEOs wonder why they're stressed out is because they're not seeing those people. That is a person and you saw him, you know, or somebody on your team saw him, you know? So that's awesome. I do. I definitely want to commend you on how you guys handled that. Oh, thank you very much. It's, it's hard to know at the time. I, I think is in in CEO school that I'm sure we all spent eight years in. They don't go over this stuff, so sometimes you you just have to wing it. And and that time it worked out really really well. So I was happy for that person and and happy we were able to to help by letting them work more. Yeah, <laughs> right, right. Just meeting meeting him where he was at that time because there was an end date. He was not like, yeah, let me do this for the rest of my life. He said, let me do this for this time, and in about a month or so. I'll be able to take care of this thing. And there was a conversation. I've been known to say everything is a conversation. Like you can just talk pretty much anything out. And that's what seems like it happened. You got the awareness and what parts you needed to accept. And the listeners know that what I'm going through right now is our control the controllable guide. And so their awareness is number one and acceptance is number two. So there were some things you just needed to accept. And then what needed to be adjusted was to come in the future. And, and, but it was, was a plan for it. It wasn't just like, oh, we'll throw this up and see what happens. You had a plan in place and that would help guide this person through what they were experiencing. Because if you didn't, it was going to end up blowing up in in everybody's face. So being proactive is peaceful. I like that. I like that a lot. One of the tools I use as a CEO with the number of work hours, we actually have a report that comes out every single Monday. It shows every single person's hours the previous week. And this goes to all staff, not just to me. And it shows their four-week average. And if they're over in a negative way or where they're at, and it allows, first of all, it makes it a very transparent, open process. It allows your team members to see, oh, 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 Mike's been working really, really hard. I, you know what, I'm going to go to Ray or Melissa mm-hmm. instead with my query because I, I see that. And it also definitely has that accountability. You know your time is going to be up on the sheet that everyone's going to see it. If it's too high, people are all going to see that. And that's worked really well for, for us for seeing this, remembering it's there and, and acting with it. Yeah, so that you can do something about it. Because sometimes when you're in it, you don't even know that you worked 50 hours. You're just like (laughs) head down and you're working. And then you see it on the paper and you're like, oh, shoot. Okay, wait a minute. Then you can do something about it. So, man, that is so awesome. I really love that. I guess you learned that in CEO school. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, the the CEO school of trial and error (laughs) and making every mistake we could before we figured this out. Yes, that that school. We we know about that school. (laughs) Many of us, you know, not many of the CEOs that I interview had a dad or mom that was a CEO too. Now, my my parents actually were entrepreneurs, but they were solopreneurs. They weren't building a company with a team. And so most of us, like you said, it's trial and error and a lot of error (laughs) before you get to the formula that really works. And this hard work idea, like, I think it's, it's so overdone. There, there's programming that if you work hard, then you'll get what you want. And I'm in the minority in this idea that it's not about hard work. That is not what's going to get you what you want. I'm not saying don't work hard. That's 
that's needed sometimes, but you got to put it in perspective. And it sounds like that's the culture that your company has figured out is that some of the time, sometimes we'll make an exception and hard work is important. That's why you have an average and not like a daily, it's like over a certain average work, what needs to be done. And it sounds like there's some autonomy there, which people, that's my idea of prosperity, autonomy, and people don't put enough emphasis on autonomy and and how employees need that what would you say oh i i totally agree uh it's interesting talking to other business owners so in our work week or during our day-to-day scheduling we don't schedule our staff they schedule each other and they schedule with their teams they they know what customers they have to service and and really they learn very quickly that we're not going to give you a schedule that says you're going to work at this site from this time to this time and you're going to then go here and there. We say, you know what, you know what you need to get done. You know what works for your customer and and how you can support your team members. Make your work hours work around your life. An example would be my business partner. He's a nighthawk. If he has to do IT work for a customer that shuts down a, a critical part of their network, He'd prefer to do it in the evening. Gives him lots of time. He's wide awake. He's he's awake anyways. And and he just schedules maybe the morning off and then works that night. Whereas I have other staff that maybe they have life commitments, maybe their parents or they have other things where working nighttimes or long days is really hard on them. So you know what? They're going to do that work for a few hours Saturday morning, maybe while the kids are having breakfast or or watching cartoons. And that's when they're going to choose to do it. As the CEO and as our customers, do I really care when they do it? No. <laughs> Why not let them do it when they want to if it's if it's all the same? It's really hard to micromanage that. So we've had to learn to trust our people and say, work it out with your teams, work it out yourselves and, and find something that works for everybody. And it's amazing. People do. And they do a yeah. really good job of it. I can't say it's any worse than if we centrally managed all the scheduling, like yeah. little issues pop up, but not many. This podcast is brought to you by Presidential Lifestyle, a wellness company focused on wealth in all of its forms, providing the world's best life transformational programs to healthcare professionals, elevating everything from your mind, body, spirit, productivity, and even your business. Every area of your life transformed and optimized for just a few dollars a day. You'll have access to live hypnotherapy, on-demand virtual guides, and continuing education courses, as well as group discussion forums, all available from your mobile phone or your desktop. Get early access to this life transformational program by visiting presidentiallifestyle.com slash early. Let me ask you a question. Are you a healthcare or wellness professional burned out from the demands of what it takes to truly serve your patients and clients? then presidential experience is for you. You need someone to pour into you the way you pour into others. It's time for you to make the shift from putting others first to responding to yourself first. I'll show you exactly how to do it. Right now, we're looking for 25 purpose-driven healthcare professionals to participate in our early access program. I've developed this program over the past 10 years. And I've learned that it can help break through the blocks keeping healthcare professionals from enjoying their life's work. We are limiting access to 25 people because keeping the group small will help maximize the impact. 
I'm offering to share my techniques with you at a deeply discounted rate in exchange for your feedback and shares. If you join us on this transformational journey, we will work together weekly as I deliver live group hypnotherapy sessions so you can experience it for yourself. I'll share with you the techniques and answer your question as you prepare to use what you've learned in your own life and practice. Outside of your weekly sessions with me, you can interact with other members to share ideas and success stories. So here's what you're going to do. Go to presidentiallifestyle.com slash early. If you're even remotely interested in this, don't wait because it won't last long. Go ahead, click the link in the show notes or go to presidentiallifestyle.com slash early because there's more to tell you. So I look forward to working with you and I'll see you soon. That is so good because I am, I tend to say that there's a lot of ego in CEO. There's like the G is actually missing from <laughs> so a lot of ego and CEO. But what you just described is that you took the ego out of it. It's not about you controlling or the tyranny, you know, or whatever. It's not about you controlling the employees. It's about you getting the best out of them. And in this case, like your business partner, who's the night owl, you're going to get the best out of him if you let him work at night, which is. This also translates into parenting, but I, I'll talk about that later. <laughs> we'll talk about that right now. That's um, a whole nother school I have to take as I'm learning. Exactly. Yes. I know that a lot of my listeners are asking the question, how does that translate to your client then? Because if I'm saying, if you're saying in our culture, people work how they want to work, they work when they want, then Sometimes a client has ego too, because you know the customers always write that programming that got put out there somehow. So they may try to control what happens. How do you manage them so that their stress doesn't fall on you and say, hey, this is the way we're going to do it. Trust us. And maybe I just answered my own question right there. (laughs) (laughs) Tell me, you tell me, don't tell. I don't want to tell myself. You tell me. Absolutely. I mean, trust is a big thing. Different clients have different needs and and definitely some, you know, it's really important that there be someone on site in their office every Tuesday from 10 a.m. till noon because of X, Y, Z. And it's really important when when there's a need like that, that we, we have to accomplish it as a team. We do assign a group of people to a customer. So you, you have options. You have coworkers who are assigned to that customer who can take that time if, if that doesn't work well for you. Ultimately, someone has to be there for those really important times for our customers, though. But a lot of them, once you get the routine going, just very quickly, the trust is built and they adapt and they understand we're taking care of their needs. And a lot of our team members, uh, we make it very easy to reach us even when we're not there with them. Mm-hmm. So that I think it does go back to what you said. The trust is is built I don't think very often we stand up and say, just trust us, it'll work out. But I think they see it work and they relax very, very quickly as they get to know us. It works. And I know it seems weird to say it. It it just, it does. No, it doesn't. Actually, I get it. I just wanted you to say it out loud so that people (laughs) can hear you say it. It also sounds like there is a, a hybrid going on where sometimes they're in their own space. Maybe, maybe your nerds work from home sometimes and sometimes they work from the client's office. Is there, is that happening? Is there some sort of hybrid going on there? 
There is a hybrid. Most of our, so our business model is an on-site business model. The majority mm-hmm. of the work we do, we come to our customers and we work with them side by side. That really helps, I think, with our customers in a number of ways, including we better understand them. And it, it builds that relationship. We're not some random person on the phone that you don't know and doesn't know you. We know your business. We know the struggles. We know the positives. We know where you need help today. And we know where you need help in a few weeks from now because we're there with you. But there is a good portion, especially after hours work or emergency work, where people work from home and or remotely. Maybe it's not from home. Yeah, a few years ago, I was traveling in Germany for a month. And my wife and I, my wife works in the company as well. Every morning we woke up in Germany, we went to a local cafe or a breakfast place. We typically, the weather was fantastic. We would sit outside, open our laptops, we'd work for a couple hours, and then we'd put them away for the rest of the day. And some of our customers had no idea we were even gone. (laughs) They were still getting replies. They're still getting the work done. Our our staff were still getting the support they need from me and, and her. And that does happen. Now, something that's been really interesting is in these days of COVID-19, having to adapt our on-site business model. I mean, as you said earlier, it's, it's the early days. We're learning a lot uh, very, very quickly. And it's, it's really an interesting time in that respect. Yeah. So let's go there because I knew this was going to happen. You see, I told you. (laughs) (laughs) So you'll get to know me when I'm proud of myself. It is not a secret. (laughs) (laughs) That's good. That's good. And you're laughing, which is really good. I love it. Positive energy. So how then, what have you learned? Like this whole social distancing means that you can't go into your your client's office as much, or maybe not at all, depending on, because you're in Vancouver. And so some of, I want to make sure that everybody knows and remembers that we have a worldwide audience and our guest is from Vancouver. And so that might be different than where you are. So talk to us about how that, that onsite model has shifted because of COVID-19. Yeah, so it's it's been interesting. Here in Vancouver, as things currently are, there's a mandatory isolation that you must do for 14 days if you travel out of the country. Otherwise, you're supposed to do a, a 10-day isolation if you have any kind of cold or flu symptoms. So that's, I know some places are maybe less strict than us, maybe not much. And I know there's a lot of places with far more strict requirements. That's where we are just setting the climate for today. So it's been interesting because we have currently just over half of our staff are isolated. That's a big amount. We have one person that was traveling actually to Ecuador and he got turned around halfway there because and couldn't make the trip because of COVID-19 and various restrictions internationally. So he's been in a 14-day isolation. The others have various cold and flu symptoms. I mean, here in Vancouver, at least this is cold and flu time. Everyone has it and it's coupled right now as well as the weather's warming up. So people like me, my annual hay fever is hitting me really hard. And that's hard to differentiate between cold and flu and everything else. It's been interesting as as business owners, we actually had a meeting on this last night, my my general manager and my business partner and I, we were trying to figure out, you know, efficiencies and, and how people can work. And last week, that international traveler we had, he actually ended up billing 50 hours. <laughs> so mm. it was like, wow, okay. So he's like, I have nothing else to do. <laughs> I, I'm stuck at home. I might as well build up some hours so I can take a bigger vacation later when I'm actually allowed to travel. And oh. 
So that was a bit surprising for us because we have a couple staff, especially staff with families. It seems uh, their hours go down quite a bit. As I don't think you guys can hear it, I, I'm at home today and I, I can hear my children yelling downstairs. I hope that's not coming through. I can definitely relate to that distraction and, and how hard it is to work. It's just really interesting. It is such early days. We'll see how it goes, but yeah. we're definitely utilizing more you know, Zoom meetings and remote control software and more phone calls, trying to still keep as much as we can that, that great communication and that relationship going. It's, it's interesting times for sure. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So much, so much good stuff that you said right there. And here in the US, I feel like we've gotten this like crash course in, pardon my language, sit your ass down. Like that's really what it's because <laughs> we, we are so culture in work hard, work hard, work hard, work hard. And when you can't go to work, even though it sounds like this international traveler, he did put in more hours because he didn't have much else to do. But I see so many other people, they don't have, they don't know what to do with themselves because they, they don't, because they can't go to work. And a lot of people don't have anything outside of work or outside of their business for that matter. And so this is like this crash course and we call it a presidential pause. You just need to pause and do something else, maybe shift towards something more meaningful in life. So what else could you do besides work during this time? And and I um, I want us to sh- talk a little bit more about that meaning and what are some things that you are doing, or or have you thrown yourself into work? Where where are you with this, Mike? With respect to recent events or in yeah. general? Yeah, um, I guess let's talk more recent events and like did did you get that crash course in chill out or did this like pump you up to work more so that you could protect your business? and be ready for whatever is coming next, the unknown. Because I know, I know because of our pre-interview that the unknown is a, could be a trigger for you. Absolutely. I, I find one of the most stressful things, the times I get the most stressed and struggle is when I don't see a clear course, I don't see clear next step. So you're, you're absolutely right there. I think as a typical type A personality person, I've actually kind of thrown myself both into business and both out of business quite hard in this. <laughs> so there's definitely a, a big portion of business. There's there's adaptions to be made, trying to figure out who can go to what people, sites to service, what on-site needs. You know, one of our sites that has uh, 63 locations, my entire team is isolated for that site, the entire group of them, and trying to figure out, okay, well, we're going to take someone who doesn't know that site as well. And we're going to have to send that person out to to deal with these critical things. So there's definitely a lot of work to do. Mm. Uh, part of me goes, if this drags on, maybe I'll actually get, you know, some of my, those projects that you never quite get around to, to done off my to-do list on the flip yeah. side, on the personal side, it, it seems to have freed me up a bit. Um, I'm spending some amazing time with my daughters and my wife mm. and probably in all the wrong ways. My oldest daughter, she's two and a half years old and we have been exploring a construction site that's near our house, probably totally illegally and trespassing through it. And she is loving it. And so am I, my youngest. And, and she's, she's not even a year old yet. She's, she turns one in a week, just some of our playtime and, and watching how she's growing as a person and, and throwing myself into that. The other thing is it's given me a bit of time for, for some personal fitness, which mm-hmm. is a great de-stressor for me. That's one of my biggest. And I can't go to the gym. I can't go to a boot camp. 
So I've been doing a lot of, of solo runs. I think for the last like five days, I've done a 110K every single day and I have the music on. It's not thinking about work. It's just enjoying being out there. And we've been blessed with some great sunshine the last little bit. So that's made that a bit easier. So I'm kind of throwing myself in, in both directions right now. Yeah, that is so cool. And I get that. That that makes sense. Like you have enough time to do both somehow. And that I, I went live on social media and I do, I do often, but gratitude was one of the things I talked about because that's actually step four in our Control the Controllable series. And there's some things to be grateful for right now. And people are so distracted by the bad news that they can't even see those small details, like what you just said, you get to show your daughter this this construction site, maybe illegally, but <laughs> so you might be teaching her. <laughs> but but she gets to see something that she wouldn't normally get to see, and it's so awesome to watch them explore. It is nothing better than to watch kids learn. And oh my gosh, if you talk about meaning in life. That is meaningful to me to just watch them discover and learn. And so where it is shutting you down on, on one end and the way that you used to work, it's given, it's opened up some space for you to have experiences with your daughters that you may not have normally had. That's so awesome. And it's definitely like, I, I definitely don't want to in any way sound like I, I don't take this as a serious and very, very negative event. I, don't, I think both of us take it very, very seriously. But there is a certain level of gratitude and gratefulness on, on many levels here. It is letting us tr do new things. It's forcing us to do new mm -hmm. things and to learn new things, which I'm grateful for. I'm also grateful we live in the time and age that we do. I'm not a medical person, but uh, and I don't have a great medical background. But I think, you know, 30 or 40 years ago, as a society, I don't think we would have even known this was coming. So we are able to do some mitigations and we're able to take some steps. 30 or 40 years ago, I think a bunch of people would have just died and we would have thought, wow, that was a horrible cold and flu season. Yep. And I, I think the fact that we can do some steps, I mean, we can't control it and we can't necessarily beat it, but we can take some steps. And I think we, we should be grateful for the day and age we live in with that as well. Yeah, thank you. Look at you just falling right into presidential <laughs> lifestyle. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm totally falling in love with you. I have so many uh, business BFFs. And on this show, I they see me, They my listeners know that I fall in love with the guests so much, but I'm totally falling in love with you. And I'm so glad that I said that because that reminds me that you have something that you and your business partner do to continue to be in love with each, each other and your business that I want to talk about. And that is your business retreat. So I know that's kind of a jarring, that wasn't the coolest segue like I usually do, but let's talk a little bit about this business retreat that you and your business partner do. Can you tell me a little bit about that? Because we do something similar in our program and I just love hearing this. Sure. So my business partner, in some ways, he is my twin. And in other ways, he's my opposite twin. We seem yeah. to be completely aligned 100% on an issue or 180 degrees uh, opposite. We're never kind of slightly off. And it makes a really interesting dynamic. Um, he's mm. been my business partner for almost 18 years. So a very, very long time. And one thing we've we've definitely found is once a year, we, we have a few little steps, like we have quarterly partner meetings and things like that. But once a year, we get together and we go somewhere. What we pretty much do is we, we put our finger on a map and we say, okay, here's Vancouver. 
where can we get to for four or five days that's no, not much more than a three-hour direct flight? We don't want to spend too long getting there. Mm-hmm. And, and we pick a city. And a good portion of what we do is business planning. It's, it's talking about things that are outside the day-to-day. So strategic planning, what's going right, what's going wrong. You know, uh, and often we're not coming back with complete changes to our business model. It's incremental changes, stuff we'd never thought of before. But the other side is we're staying in the same accommodation together. We're doing the same things. We're eating socially. We're being humans and being friends, which Mm. is super important for us to keep. One of the things we always end up doing in this week as well, or these these four or five days as well, is we almost always sign up for some type of, of race. Usually it's a running race, uh, a 10K or a half marathon. It just stabilizes us as a person. It's something you're doing with the other person. And you know what? Some some years there, there's perhaps a little bit more feistiness than others. It also <laughs> helps to take and, and, and take some of that down a notch. If you if you just run a, a half marathon and you're completely exhausted, it, it's still it, it makes it very hard to passionately argue about one percent <laughs> of margin or something like that. That is so good. Couples should couples should think about that. Hey, let's go. <laughs> but I love that. I just love that idea. It is something that we have in our program. But when you said that you guys did that, man, and I love so many things that we, we have in common, you and I, but it, what's fun is that you have your way of doing it and we can learn something from you and the way that you're running your business, which is why I do this podcast. Again, talk about meaning in life. People listening are getting ideas on how they can shift because some people have these negative views of being a CEO and how hard it is and how stressful it is. And and they might even hate their business partner because their business partner doesn't think just like them. And you just said that you guys can be so opposite sometimes. And that's good. You need that in a business and even in any relationship really to call each other out to say, Hey, have you thought this all the way through? Or there's this other perspective and I want to try it this way. So love that. Love that so much. Yeah. What I'm really lucky with um, one of the business books I've taken inspiration from many, many years ago when it came out was Jim Collins, good to great. And Mm. one of the things that we really promote at Rentenerd among all levels is that passionate debate he talks about. So well, I'm really lucky, especially with my business partner, is even when we're 108 degrees opposite each other and we start to to engage with each other, it's a passionate debate about what's best for the business. And we really try, and I think we do a pretty good job, to keep ego and, and that personal aspect about it's it's about what's best for the business. And often during our debates, people who may witness them can shake their head because we'll we'll debate very passionately, and then all of a sudden notice we're on the opposite sides. <laughs> I like I will have taken his point of view. He will have convinced me. I'm now arguing his point, and he's arguing mine. Yeah. And part of that is unintentional, but part of it is intentional as well. Let's vet this out from all angles. Let me understand where you're coming from better and let's see if I can build an argument there because maybe it's right. So uh, yeah. I, I'm really lucky in Rentner we've been able to build that that culture at all levels because it, it helps. Mm, that is so good. And I have two more questions for you. So one is around, so guys, just so you know, Mike is one of our EO members. And so I'm wondering how has EO prepared you for you know, this unknown or, or having really just all of it, because we talked, we know we joked about the CEO school and maybe you 
didn't go, you know, of course we know we didn't, none of us really went to CEO school, but I feel like EO has a version of CEO school that can prepare you for some of these things that you're experiencing. So could you tell me what are, how is EO been instrumental in preparing you for some of these things or has it? Oh, great question. So, I mean, EO is a fantastic organization and it, it does host learning events quite regularly and, and you can pick up a lot. And I've learned a lot through those direct methods. I think it's some of the indirect things that has have been maybe even more of a benefit for me. So I've, I've, I've always been known as a fairly open person in general, but one of, at least in the EO members I've met worldwide, definitely in our Vancouver chapter, people are really open. Like you can go to any EO member and ask them pretty much anything and they're going to give you an answer. And just that extra level of openness as a CEO, I have found and I've learned from them has really done me done me well. I mean, if you want to be pragmatic about it, mm-hmm. I, I had a lunch with one of our, our our bankers that we deal with. And, you know, you everyone wants a great relationship with their banker. And somehow the lunch got actually onto stress management and, you know, just the casual conversations. And I opened right up. I'm like, you know what? I'm going to do this the EO way. Like, I, I'm not sure if I should be completely transparent to my <laughs> banker, but I'm going to try. And I opened right up uh, about a burnout I'd had, about mitigation. I have a little card in my wallet. If I have a tough day or a tough week, when I come home, I look at this card and, and it walks me through a couple steps to take before I walk through my front door. I showed it to him. Like, mm. it's a fairly personal thing. He, his reaction to it all was incredible. He was so grateful and, and so happy and, and it really helped build our relationship. I don't think any any negative aspect in any way came out. It just two humans connecting. And I, I'm mm-hmm. so happy EO has taught me that. And uh, I'm applying it more and more with my staff as well, saying, I don't have all the answers right now, but this is what we're going to do today. And, and things like that. And at that level of openness, I, I think, is probably the biggest thing I'm the most grateful for uh, EO teaching me. Mm, that's so good. We had a CEO, Bill Dorfman. He's a friend of mine as well. And he's actually in YPO, but he does something similar to what you did in that card. And I know this, he didn't talk about this on the show, but I know this because I'm his friend and he has that card and he actually, he did an event and he duplicated that card for the rest of us. We, I was a mentor at this event that he did for for teens, I think teens and young adults. And he duplicated the card for all the mentors. And so I have one of those cards too. And it is really helpful because it reminds me of like that, the meaning, it goes back to the meaning and, and, and it's a, it's a easy way. I want to say easy. That's the word I'm going to use. Maybe I should say simple is a simple way Like I don't have to go get a massage or go get a, you know, or even go for a run. It's like I tell I can look at that card and go back to the meaning. It's like, okay, you know, what what, what would you say about that? No, I I love I love your change of easy to simple. (laughs) There's so many things in this world that are simple, but not easy. But I love that. I love that he shared that. I think those are I wish I only really developed the card in the last year. I wish I had it 10 years ago. I I wish Mm. there'd been more sharing on that because it's if you find something that works for you, then that's that's incredibly helpful. And yeah, no, I love it. I love that he shared that. That is so cool. And I have one more question for you. 
and I can't, I don't want to go. I'm <laughs> like, no, I want to stay. I want to stay. I want to talk more. <laughs> now, luckily, this is, I have other interviews today. So I'm going to be doing this all day long. You got to go back to work. <laughs> but I have really enjoyed our conversation today and getting to know you. And so before I ask you my last question, if people want to continue to get to know you and connect with you or maybe even hire you, how do they find you? Absolutely. So the easiest way to, to find Rent Nerd and information about Rent Nerd is our website. So rent-a-nerd.com. If you want to talk to me directly, I'd love it. I'd love to hear from people wherever you are. Uh, my email address is mike at rent-a-nerd.com. Wow. How generous of you to give out your email address. You are a saint. so my last question i have for you is what is the best advice you ever received or the advice you wish somebody would have told you i think that the the advice i wish i was told because i only figured this out in the in the last couple years i kind of wish in my teens i was told and taught about the importance of signing off of of taking that break from your work life you know shutting off the phone or at least the email uh, not looking at social media for a little while maybe a day taking those breaks off the air and what an incredible at least to me some of the people in my life what a correct incredible difference that makes so that that would We've been things. I'm grateful to know it now. I still hopefully have a long <laughs> life to apply it, but I definitely wish I knew that 20 or 30 years ago. Yeah, that is so good. We we call that a presidential pause. Is the name of our company, and you know everything about us is presidential, so <laughs> we call it a presidential pause. But it is such a great lesson. So I'm glad you learned that, and I'm glad you're sharing that. So guys, you remember to take your presidential pause, sign off and shut down and just take your break and enjoy life so you can find your meaning in life. So thank you. Thank you, Mike, for hanging out with me today. I really appreciate you. Hey, thank you, your positivity. And this has just been a a great call. Yes, I agree. So we'll definitely want to have you back soon as you develop and grow, because it sounds like you're always growing, which warms my heart. That's what life is all about. So it sounds like we may have to have you back and see what new developments you had in the company as well as in your personal life. What would you say? I would love that. Okay, awesome. Good. Well, guys, that is our show for today. I want to thank you for listening all the way to the end, getting all those golden nuggets. I hope you pick them up. I know I usually do a recap, but this conversation was so good that it wasn't even in room to recap it. But I'll put some stuff in the show notes, especially how you can reach out to Mike if you like. Other than that, I think I'll see you guys next week. So have a prosperous week, my Prospros. Thanks for listening all the way to the end, my Prosperity Pro. I want to stay connected with you. Here are four ways. Pick the one that works best for you if you want to stay connected with me. One, if you have any questions, I'd love to answer them. Send them to podcast at presidentiallifestyle.com. I'd love it if you would make a one or two minute audio message and attach it to an email. That'd be the easiest way for me to get it. Ask me anything about creating a life of meaning over money and I'll get you an answer. Remember the email address is podcast at presidentiallifestyle.com. Two, subscribe to this podcast and share it with your friends because you guys might want to have a discussion about it. 
especially if they're a CEO who wants to shift from the old American dream to a life of meaning. Three, we try not to have any sponsors on this show unless they are truly in line with our values. I mean, really a good fit. So that means we fund this podcast ourselves. I'd like you to take a look at our resource page to see if there's any products or services that we recommend that are right for you. If not, no worries, maybe later. If so, please use our affiliate link to purchase. Thank you in advance for doing that. You are such an amazing person. Okay, four and last. If you want to know what's happening over here at Presidential Lifestyle and you want us to email you the update, then go to presidentiallifestyle.com slash blog slash now. And you'll see the current updated blog for the week, but you'll also see a link to subscribe to that blog. We can email it to you if you like. That's presidentiallifestyle.com slash blog slash now. Don't worry. You don't have to remember that link or any links. They're all in the show notes. Oh, and I forgot to say, if you're enjoying this podcast, go ahead and leave us a review and tell us how much you're enjoying it. And now for the legalese. This podcast is not to replace professional counsel. The best advice is from a professional who knows you and your specific situation. The topics discussed in this podcast are general in nature and for informational or entertainment purposes only. We encourage you to meet with a professional that you can discuss your specific situation with. Whether you choose us or someone else, one-on-one counsel is important, whether it's a financial, therapeutic, legal, or other decision. So that's all for now. I'll see you next episode. And remember, you can have wealth in all of its forms. Believe it, and you will soon see it.